0: Welcome into the Leadership Legacy Podcast, where we interview influential leaders who learn the why and how they turn their passions into progress that set them on the path to leaving their legacy. To the Leadership Legacy Podcast, I am sitting here with Mike Jones of Mike's Merchandise here in Gunnersville, Alabama. Mike, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank y'all for coming. I appreciate your interest. Well, Mike, tell us a little bit about tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Where did your love of buying and selling come from?
1: Well, I'm I've lived in Gunnersville all my life, which is sixty years. I've never lived in any in any other city anywhere. Grew up here on the lake. You know, Gunnersville's got a beautiful lake here. And fishing and uh, getting out on the lake has been, you know, part of my life forever. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked for my daddy at his machine shop. He owned a machine shop here in town, and I learned the machine shop trade. And from that, uh, we kind of developed a knowledge of tools and hardware and how much stuff cost, you know. And the Beginning of our really buying selling happened back in the early 1980s. I don't know if you remember the 80s had a real Kind of a uh, downswing Interest rates were 18, 20 percent, you know, and businesses were failing all over the place Very hard on our business to make money. So we started going to auctions We would see a hardware store or something at auction and me and my dad would jump in the pickup truck. We had a 1971 international pickup truck and we would take off to the auction and buy a little bit of stuff for the for the auctions and Uh that's kind of how we got to
0: started buying and selling did you have any uh anything that you were looking for in in specific when you were going to those auctions or was it just mainly tools well
1: mainly you know we would go like to buy the nuts and bolts and the that we could use in our machine shop and uh when we get to the auction and we would see tools and stuff selling really cheap, we would say like, man, that's going really cheap. You know, we didn't have a lot of money at that time, so uh-huh. we had to be very selective. Yeah. And uh, we we ended up started buying stuff and then people would be start coming to our machine shop and say, Hey, can we buy some of those? you know, stuff we had bought. Then other machine shops started having auctions going out of business. So we started going to that type of auction. And that really transformed us into just about Realizing that buying and selling from these auctions was going to be profitable. Yeah.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about how you got this job. We're sitting in a massive city block warehouse, multiple stories. Um, how did you get to? How did you get to this job? Well, this has been a,
1: rock, a long route. You know, we started uh, we started from nothing basically to uh, to where we're at now and. At the start, it really started. I started carrying some of the stuff we were buying at these auctions to flea markets. Okay. So I've been down the flea market path. For years, when I was in my 20s, I would be going to a flea market every weekend somewhere. And we would load up some of this stuff that we bought uh, and carry it to the flea markets. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it turned out to be that I was traveling to Ripley, Mississippi. I was going to Nashville, Tennessee, going to Atlanta, going down to the local mountain top and Collinsville flea markets here in Alabama, mm-hmm. going to Santa flea market in Montgomery, oh, anywhere yeah? I could find a flea market that looked worthy enough to go to, I was loading stuff up in that pickup truck and taking off yeah, and from that, you know uh my dad got to thinking you know mike why don't you open a store somewhere and and at some point in there i said well i'll give it a try so i kept going to flea markets but i also started uh this little store right across the street from this location which was about a thousand square feet and that's where mike's merchandise basically began how many square feet is this location this location has 180,000 square feet A lot of it's used for online eBay sales and storage and probably about 60,000 of it is used for a retail sales floor.
0: Well, walking through this massive property, you've seen seen employees all over the place. You have a a good support staff here. When you're looking to hire someone on to to help you and to work with you, what do you look for in an employee or maybe somebody that's going to help unload trucks or work the retail side? Yeah, that uh,
1: employees in a business to business owner is the backbone. Mm-hmm. I think of, you know, if you don't have good employees, you're not going to do very well, no matter what kind of business you're in. Yeah, and I've been very fortunate here in Gunnersville to uh, have a lot of family and friends that knew people, and that really helps. Being a mm-hmm. small town like this, it was it was easy to find some good people. Now, one of some of my best employees are high school students. And uh, the Auburn franchise owner in Auburn, Albert Henry, mm-hmm. worked for me here through high school for three to four years. Okay. And, uh, of course, Albert was great and he loved, he loved it. You know, he loved what our business was like. He loved all the fun we had laughing at everybody and all having right. a good time, basically. But we had a lot of fun, but we worked really hard. And, and the high school kids just, you know, I'm very selective you can get some really good kids from high school that have great work ethics and i think albert has the same situation with college students now too he can he can uh, hire college students uh, that are really good and they make really good employees but i do have long time employees you know i've got my main lister on ebay right now has been with me for probably 20 years and Mm -hmm. he is outstanding knows what everything is and is able to figure out what we've got and how much to sell it for but employees is
0: huge yeah Yeah, like you said, it's the backbone. I mean, you have to have employees that that love what they do and love your business. I mean, you can't ask somebody to be as passionate about your business as as the owner is, uh, but having someone on your staff that is is as passionate or almost as passionate as you just helps them feel a a piece of ownership, a piece of pride as they come to work, and those are the people that you want to have around you as much as possible.
1: Yeah, it's huge huge to, to have the people really involved and I like to have fun. I've always been one to kid around and goof around and all that kind of stuff, and I try to bring a lot of that into the business. I, I, I wish I could pay my employees thousand dollars an hour, you yeah. know, but they're just they're just set amounts that that you can afford to pay, you know, yeah. for for what what they bring. And but you know, I love my employees. You know, I, I really they're just like all like family. I, my my sister, who's been with me for over twenty years, is, handles all my money. You know, I don't see anything about my money. I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about who pays bills and all that. She's handled that and does an outstanding job. And because of that I let her go play a lot of golf. So Okay. You know, so I keep her happy for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, I just I just like the atmosphere we have because some of our stuff when we get it, we don't know what we're getting. When mm-hmm. I open the back of a truck and these employees get just excited to see what's in there as, as I do. Yeah. And I think that the atmosphere down here is quite unique. You know, we don't have a production line top job. Maybe the cashiers might argue with it, but yeah. most of my cashiers love the cashiering because they love people. They love to help people. They love when they come in to develop. Uh, my head cashier right now has been with me 15, 16 years, and she knows every customer that comes in and she talks to them and she loves that. Yeah. It's a part of her life that she enjoys. Yeah. You know? And uh, and so it's really important that everybody's happy when they're down here.
0: Yeah, and when they're happy, the customers are happy. You you get you get that trust from the community. When they come in and they see a smiling face, it's just it it just benefits everybody. Yes. not only the business at the bottom line to just making somebody's day better, coming to work with people that have the same mindset and are in a good you know, in a good in a good place and customers that come in and see that y'all enjoy doing what you're doing makes them you know, more likely to come back and develop that long-term relationship. Exactly. With
1: them. And the uniqueness of our business is, you know, when somebody comes in, it ain't like they're going to the grocery store and they know they're going to buy eggs and milk and all mm-hmm. that stuff. When they come in down here, it's like, what are we going to find? And and yep. our customers develop relationships with people and say, hey, we just got in this nice couch that you might like, or yep. we got in this nice piece of wrought iron, outdoor furniture that you might could turn into something, you know. Yep. and and uh, so we have a lot of unique customers as well, and uh, I think I think that makes it kind of easy when you have a, have a business where you're selling stuff really cheap, mm-hmm. and you have all this crazy stuff that people are excited to come in and try to you know to buy, yeah. to find stuff you can't find anywhere else. Used to we would have nuts and bolts and drill bits and all kind of machine shop tools that you couldn't find within 60 miles of here, you know, so. Uh, We still do have some of that, you know, we've kind of gotten away from our roots of machine shop supplies, nuts and bolts, but we still have all that, Mm -hmm. you know, I still sell nuts and bolts by the pound, you know, you can come in and you can buy nuts and bolts by the handful, you get a little bread bag, throw your fasteners in a bread bag, bring them up, we weigh them, (laughs) still kind of a unique part of the
0: business. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you've been in business for over 30 years, what's next? For Mike's merchandise
1: well if maybe Albert that runs the Montgomery store was in my position maybe he hadn't had four kids too (laughs) he might could have took this to opening up a whole lot more stores I started out very conservative about how much time I wanted to invest into this I've done it more for just making a living I never Uh really did think you know, I'm going to take this to a Walmart type. Of course, I'll never be Walmart, but I'm yeah. just saying, I, I never had the ambition of just letting this business take off and just become really huge. And it's kind of developed into that a little bit where it's gotten a little more ambitious. I, I took on some, I partnered with some other stores, opened up stores in Muscle shows, Huntsville and Decatur. Albert come to me and said he wanted to open up a Mike's merchandise. Now. Think it worked has worked out really good for him and me as well. As for the future now, I'm opening up a store in Birmingham, Pelham, with a very aggressive, uh, a very aggressive businessman. That's opened up some uh, Zoe's Kitchen chain restaurants. I don't know how, you know, I really don't know how he's going to do with it, but uh-huh. I really think he's going to do really well, and hopefully he can take it and do what he wants to with it. Yeah. You know, As for me, I love coaching soccer here at the local high school. I love playing golf. I love being around my family. I love being out on the lake. If I go open in a bunch of stores, that's not going to be happening. It's going to tie know. up a lot of your time. There's a lot I can have people do, but there's a lot that I have to do. You yeah. know, uh, I've always said it's like if you're a doctor, our local doctor that I used here in Gunnersville worked his tail off. I think he because he had to do it. Uh-huh. he couldn't let somebody else come in and see his patients I mean he was the doctor mm-hmm. so he worked around the clock and I sometimes wondered you know how much time did he have for other stuff and I'm sure he did yeah uh, but I just didn't want to get into that scenario where every day I had to wake up thinking what all have I got to take care of today what all do I need to do today I much rather be a little freer spirit where I can say I'm not doing anything today, you know. Yeah. I'm going to go play golf, or I'm going to go do something with the kids, or i you know. Yeah. So anyway, this is another chapter, definitely, because I'm getting a little more uh, ready to to hand it over to other people. As far as franchising these stores, there's enough cities in the United States that there's enough to go around. Yeah. You know, so. I hope Albert will eventually down take his Auburn and Montgomery operations and expand even more. You know, Uh, and I think John will do the same. But you know, at some point, uh, at some point, I don't know. We'll see how it's working out, and if it if it works out good, if it
0: don't, we'll just keep what we got going now. Yeah, that's a good mindset to have, just to kind of let it unfold as it as it's ready to unfold. Exactly. We well, talked a little bit about kids and, and golf and things like that, but what, what drives you to get up every day and, and come to work? You know, there is
1: an interesting part of the business. It's kind of like a chase of the deal. Uh-huh. You know, I'm always looking for something to buy at a real good deal. And sometimes I feel like if I don't get out early enough or get there quick enough, I miss out on something really good. Yeah. And that's why I think y'all have looked around the Gunnersville location here, and you see that I'm kind of addicted to buying a little bit, I believe. (laughs) A lot of times when you buy this stuff, though, I'm not really, some of the stuff you see is not something I said, hey, I really want that. A lot of the stuff just has been thrown in with the deal, you know, it just Mm -hmm. comes along with the territory of when you're in kind of the junk business, so to say, that you get a lot of stuff. that. Uh, you know, that somebody will love it and other people think it's a job, you know but hey, I've got a lot of customers that love to find the unique stuff and that's what they come in looking for, you know, and they'll they'll make something out of it or they'll you know, but but for me, getting up and uh, and, uh, getting on the chase to find deals is about what I like to do every day and I like opening these trucks where you don't know what's in there but sometimes you get some big home runs and sometimes you have some flops. So uh, that's just the way the nature of the surplus business is though, you just kind of take the
0: good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah walking around here you see commercial water heaters to, to tools to air conditioners to um, arcade games, uh, there's all kind of interesting cool stuff. and when you're talking about unloading a truck, you know we, we when we got up here, you were you were on the forklift. You're getting your hands dirty too. I can only imagine it's almost like opening up Christmas presents every every time a truck comes. Yeah,
1: a lot of people a lot of people say that about our about my situation. Now, that's not the only part of my business. I do I do go to the Las Vegas trade show where okay. I meet people that's doing the same thing I'm doing, and we share deals. And a lot of our stuff too are you know like. Uh, lowe's home depot or some of these stores when they get ready for next year's line Mm -hmm. they change out what's in their store and it's all brand new stuff on the shelf that was there last year that they're ready to put in their new stuff for the next year yeah you know so uh, we have several different types of ways to get our to get our uh, inventories not just you know i don't just uh totally rely on the trucks open up I don't know what's in there You yep. know, I do buy deals and people call me all the time with stuff so I'll say yeah I'll take them all you yep. know so that that's kind of my inspiration throughout the day is you know I used to do all the customer stuff where I dealt with all the customers and I hardly do that anymore I kind of miss that a little bit mm. uh, but in some ways I don't because dealing with some of the people that come in is kind of a negative about it and kind of gets me off track a little bit after you've been doing it so long uh, but i I love my, you know, I love the. I've got some really good customers that I have on my call list, and I know they're what they're looking for. And they tell me, when you get this, call me. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we're starting to do some Facebook Live stuff to kind of start uh, showing people, uh, you know, immediately when stuff comes in. I'll do a Facebook Live stream and uh, show them everything that's coming to you, and you know, tell them to get down there. But we do buy some very unique stuff. One yeah. story. Uh, back in me and my dad's traveling days, we went to an auction out in Texas at a Lockheed Martin aircraft place. Okay. So we're in the warehouse, and we're bidding on all these pallets of stuff, and we buy 20 or 30 pallets and rent a rider truck and load it all up, bring it back to Gunnersville When we get it back to Gunnersville we realize we've got a, a pallet full of F-16 fighter parts that probably wasn't supposed to be in the auction. Yeah. So we call... <laughs> Our, we had a guy that started calling around seeing where we were going to sell this. And it turns out we had to call and get permission from Washington at the Pentagon. We actually talked to people at the Pentagon to see how we could get rid of this stuff. He gave us some brokers' names we have to go through, but we could sell them overseas, some of the parts we had. Mm-hmm. But uh, F 16 fighter parts were not something that you find, normally find in a store like this. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah uh several unique stories one day we had a guy bring we sell ammo cans we get from the army from the uh-huh. government empty ammo cans, supposedly empty ammo cans one guy brings one day in the store he comes walking up to the counter and says do you know what this is and i said well i don't some type of, uh looks like a military shell or something and he says yeah this is a mortar a live mortar round and it was in one of those ammo cans so i said oh my well we need to get rid of that so i called the local sheriff department they end up sending the Aniston Army Depot sends a crew up here to get it. Oh, man. <laughs> so it was a very unique situation with that as well. Oh, so, man. you know, we never know what we'll get into.
0: We talked about kind of missing the customer service aspect a little bit. What's um, What are some, some skills that you've learned in your 30 years of business and just in life in general to kind of help deal with, with angry customers or customers that maybe feel like they've been wronged or missed out on something.
1: Yeah, I've kind of, over the years, I've kind of floated around with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, the flea market really taught me a lot about dealing with people. There's some people that are just, I don't know, they just got in their mind that they're going to bargain with you and negotiate the price no matter what you do, you know. Uh And then you have some really good customers that come around and I think they would buy from you just because they liked you. I treated them really good. I made them feel important and I knew what he needed. I knew what he was looking for, and I could sell him tools and cutting tools and stuff that I knew he wanted. And he was very mm-hmm. appreciative to get them at a real bargain price. But some people, that's not good enough. They, no matter how cheap you got it, they may want to buy it and resell it themselves. You know. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I've developed to understand how that you are going to have all types of customers that come in, and for whatever reason, they want to be contrary or they don't feel like they're getting done right. I still try to figure out why they feel that way. And some people, you can you can make happy, and I try to make everybody happy, that yeah. I possibly can make happy. But I'm not here to beat anybody out of any money. I'm not here to do anybody in. You know, the product should sell itself. When you're selling stuff, half a retail price, you know, they gotta to understand, too, the nature of the surplus business, that sometimes we're going to get some stuff that may may have an issue you know that we don't know about but yeah. we're never going to intentionally do anything to hurt anybody or take somebody's money or treat them unfairly we, yeah. we definitely want to treat people the way that we would like to be treated ourselves
0: what's been the hardest thing so far in running the business you know I think I think I found that the hardest
1: thing in running the business to deal with is seeing uh, you have all these employees that become kind of a family to you, mm-hmm. and you see sometimes they get in situations where they hurt or they have needs, and sometimes you can help them, and sometimes you just can't help them, you know. And that—that that to me is, is kind of, you know, I'm very sympathetic or whatever. You, call it. I'm very—I uh, get a little emotional uh, when I when I think about some of the problems that I've had you know I've had employees with alcoholic problems and drug problems Uh and uh, personal problems within their families I see things that happen to them so my family's been extended quite a bit you know and I I, it really brings a lot of that into my life too and other than that you know uh, I love the chase I love trying to the competition I'm very competitive so I like trying to get the good deals and beat everybody's prices
0: well I've got I've got one last question for you Um, and this kind of deals with the end of your life when you look back on Mike's merchandise you look back on the city of Gunnersville and Huntsville and Muscle Shoals and Auburn and Montgomery and Pelham and all the locations that you have um, you look back on your family and your kids grandkids what do you want them to remember you by and what does that legacy look like?
1: Yeah, very good. And I have to admit, now since I've turned 60, I start thinking about, you know, that from time to time. So I actually was talking to my wife the other day. This piece of property is right in the middle of Gunnersville, right on the, one of the busiest intersections, probably in Marshall County. Great location, and it's nine acres. And I said, you know, I could sell that property and probably put the money into you know, and and retire and all that kind of stuff, but what would that do for any type of legacy for my kids or anything, you know? What would that mean? I mean, sure, it'd be easy to retire and spend all the money going on, you know, whatever you wanted to do, but uh, like you said in the question, what do you think, leaving behind, you know, what kind of legacy would you have? Yeah. You know, maybe it's that somebody continues to run Mike's merchandise and it becomes a bigger and broader thing, but you know, I'm not really doing it for, you know, for what my legacy will be, you know. But I do think about it from time to time. Yeah. So what some, what are some things when when I get later on and ready to get away from it?
0: Yeah, I think it's all about your family and exactly, you know, making sure that that they see that they saw the hard work ethic in you and that you know you started something from nothing and yeah, um, really, you know, you know. and leaving leaving something like that behind.
1: Yeah, and maybe I could set it up in a way that over a period of time, maybe it, it's sold or something. You know, uh, there's a lot to think about. Yeah. You know, but hopefully, Mike's merchandise will be here, and maybe it'll be prospering. And it can be a continued less legacy for my family and their future families. You know, and uh, and that
0: would be kind of cool too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Mike. Thank you so much for your time, for sitting down with me on, on Jenny Mule, and uh, and having us in this in this awesome location. I appreciate it very much. Well, thank y'all for coming. And
1: this is really what Mike's Merchandise is. You know, we ain't got these extravagant offices and plush. Uh, our stores are kind of uh, you you've walked through. You see, it's not displayed as nicely as Walmart and Lowe's and Home Depot, but have a lot of customers that like the look of this. You know, and yeah. It's a lot cheaper to have to, to leave it like this, too, yeah. <laughs> instead of trying to keep it organized and straight. So, uh, But anyway, I appreciate y'all coming down, and I'd like to say I appreciate your interest in our stores. and Absolutely. And uh, and thank you very much. Thank
0: you. Hey, this is your host, Tony Orivet of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this past episode. It would mean the world to me if you would go and rate this podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. Show notes and information on today's guest are on leadershiplegacy.show.